0: I worked there as a captain for over 10 years, advocating at that company for women in the industry and at the company. And then the opportunity with SpaceX just fell in my lap, really. I wasn't even looking for the opportunity. They reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in an interview. And of course, you never give up an opportunity, especially for SpaceX. So I came out for an interview and The morning of my interview was the first day I met the Melbourne Masters team because I was like, swimming is my stress relief. Swimming is what gets me going in the morning. So of course I have to do practice before my interview. And so I did and came out for my interview and it must have been good luck because I got the job.
1: Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record holding athletes and health, life and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker.
2: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Palace. And with me, as usual, is my co-host Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hey, Kelly.
3: Great to be here today.
2: Yes, and you know how excited I am to have our fellow teammate. We're all three on the Swim <laughs> Melbourne Masters, or we swim with the Swim Melbourne Masters. And our special guest today. Is Lindsay Price and Lindsay is the captain on board the rocket recovery vessels for SpaceX. So, without further ado, this avid master swimmer and captain out there in the ocean collecting rockets, Maria, you're going to get to ask
0: the first question. And, Lindsay, first, welcome to the show. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm I'm so excited that all three of us are on the same team and we get to practice (laughs) together. Lindsay.
3: When you were a seven-year-old, did you dream of collecting rockets, being a captain of a rocket book collector? How did you get here? It's such an exciting and interesting job.
0: It is. It is. And it's quite an interesting story, actually. So I grew up in Colorado, a very landlocked state. And when I was in middle school, I told my parents that I wanted to go to New York City for College because I had gone out there on a middle school trip, fell in love with the city, and when you're in middle school, your parents kind of look at you like, okay, she doesn't know what she's talking. When I was a senior in high school, I revisited it with them and said, no, I want to go to school in New York City. So we went out and we visited a bunch of different colleges. I knew that I wanted to do a science-based field, but I didn't know what type of science, and we narrowed it down to two different universities the John Jay University in Manhattan and the SUNY Maritime College in the Bronx. And I ended up basically going to SUNY Maritime College because of the fact that they had dormitories. (laughs) (laughs) Really, that's the real reason that I ended up at Maritime. And Maritime is a semi-military school. So we had to do formation, wear uniforms every day. And prior to joining the school, the freshmen have to go through an orientation. And my first day of orientation, he was my advisor at the time, and he's now a very good friend of mine, asked me if I wanted to do the licensed or the non-licensed program at Maritime University. And I had no clue what he was talking about. But he said, I recommend that you go for the license because it's easier to drop the program later if you don't want to do it, as opposed to trying to pick it up. So little did I know, I enrolled in the licensed program at Maritime and started taking classes on ships and learning about what ships do. And we went on summer sea term across the Atlantic Ocean to all different kinds of European companies or European countries. But so the licensed program was that you would end up as a licensed. One. As a licensed. So you go to Maritime University, at, you can choose a deck or an engine room license. And so okay. I chose the deck side, which means like captains, mates. Okay. Okay. And I graduated the college with my third May unlimited tonnage license. And immediately out of college, I went to, I got a job offer based out of Houston, Texas on some of the Harbor Tugs. And so I jumped on the opportunity, drove down to Houston, bought a house. I still live in Houston. And worked on harbor tugs in the ship channel for over 15 years. And so
2: speaking of dormitories, which is what initially attracted you to SUNY, right? We are looking at you in your bunk room on a ship right now, just so people know, Lindsay is coming to us. So I want to get back to the tugs and the progress of your career, but tell us like, where are you right now at this moment? And what are you waiting to do out there in the ocean?
0: We are underway right now. We left port yesterday afternoon, and we are headed due east of the Bahamas, and we are scheduled to catch a satellite, a rocket that's going to be launched into space on Saturday evening.
3: What port did
0: you leave this morning? Cape Canaveral. We're based out of Cape Canaveral, Florida. Okay. Yeah, so we're headed due east, 350 miles, and we will be out in the middle of the ocean catching a rocket shortly. When I hear that, the vision I have is you like
3: steering a ship with a big platform (laughs) and you're looking up and, you know, you're trying to get the ship right underneath the, is that how it works?
0: So we're towing, we're currently towing a barge and the rocket doesn't land on my vessel. The rocket actually lands on the barge.
3: But it does land on the barge, not in the ocean. mm -hmm, Wow, Not
0: in the ocean. Yep. So we will tow this barge out to the location. And then we will drop the barge, and it has what is called dynamic positioning capabilities. So that means that there is someone in Cape Canaveral that will take control of that barge once we drop it, and it will stay in its position until the rocket comes and lands on it.
3: How close do you have to get to where the rocket's supposed to land?
0: That depends on where the fairings are going to land. So we also, with booster recovery, we pick up the fairings. And so there'll be a fairing location and they'll give us those coordinates. I've been as far as 90 miles away from the booster when it lands, and I've been as close as three miles. So it just depends. Is there any danger involved in this? It sounds like you're far enough away when the
2: rocket actually does hit the barge or come down to the barge. But just how about just like rogue waves and barge collisions and things like, Maria's going to laugh at me, what are the scary parts,
0: Lindsay? (laughs) (laughs) So we make sure six hours prior to launch, we make sure that there's no traffic in the area, any any other maritime vessels. And it is our responsibility to make sure that they stay clear of the radius. And the radius just depends on the projectile of the rocket and potential, if something were to go wrong, where it might, where the projected, the pieces of the booster would go.
2: So Lindsay, tell us a little bit about that, what it looks like from like even three miles or just to you looking at the barge and seeing that rocket come down. What is that like for you?
0: Sure. So we're of course watching intensely on the bridge from our computers, the launch at the Cape and approximately eight minutes, seven and a half to eight minutes after launch is when the booster is on the barge. So after we watch it take off from the Cape, then all of us run outside and get our binoculars and start looking for the actual booster in the sky. And you'll see it come down and you'll see its re-entry burn and it prepare to dock itself on the barge. That's so cool. So
2: you're this very avid master swimmer. I, I know that I've seen you at least at three of the 5.30 a.m. workouts in the last week. You and I both are at that early time. but Which you do... you're good, right? Only the good She's get good, to
3: get, get yeah. To get
2: up Yeah, And we want to hit on that where, tell us a little bit about, we're definitely going to hit on your swimming background, but just as far as all of us out there swimming and working jobs. So people know the swim Melbourne master's team is on the space coast of Florida, which you say you live in Houston, we're in Florida. So you must split time between Cape Canaveral and Houston and you're employed by SpaceX, Correct. Correct. So tell us how that two cities work and do you swim with a group in Houston when you're there and with us and when you're here, tell us a little bit about how all that comes together.
0: Yeah. So I, the schedule that I work is 28 days on and 28 days off, and that's pretty typical in the industry. So for 28 days, I am 100% focused on my job here at SpaceX. I live on the ship for 28 days and Everything you know, is fully involved SpaceX. Now if we're in port, then I have the freedom to go out and join swim team practice in the mornings. It's harder to get to the afternoon practices with everything going on, but yeah, I'll join swim team practice in the mornings and then the same at home. So when I'm home, I have a different team that I'm on, and I swim every single day, seven days a week when I'm home.
2: Wow, seven
0: days a week.
3: That's incredible. I've got to ask this question because this show is called Champions Mojo. You graduated from college with a third mate license. And I don't know anything about maritime, but that doesn't sound so good to me. (laughs) And now you're the captain of a ship. And for a while there, you were working tugboats, which again, doesn't sound that glamorous. So tell me how how you've championed your way up this maritime ladder.
0: Sure. So when I started at my company in Houston, I was the very first female officer ever employed at the company. Wow. And I worked hard and over a four-year period as mate, they finally promoted me. So I was the very first female captain to also be promoted at the company. Since that time, they have promoted one other female. So now they had two, but now I'm gone. So they're just back down to one. But I worked there as a captain for over 10 years, advocating at that company for women In the industry and at the company. And then the opportunity with SpaceX just fell in my lap, really. I wasn't even looking for the opportunity. They reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in an interview. And of course, you never give up an opportunity, especially for SpaceX. So I came out for an interview and The morning of my interview was the first day I met the Melbourne Masters team because I was like, swimming is my stress relief. Swimming is what gets me going in the morning. So, of course, I have to do practice before my interview. And so I did and came out for my interview and it must have been good luck because I got the job.
2: Oh, my gosh, that is an awesome story. That is just Fantastic. Let's go to that. You're swimming seven days a week when you're at home and, you know, when you can,
0: you know, when you're here with us, what are your swimming goals? Why do you swim? I just love it. When I was five years old, my mom put me, started me in the kid swim program and I swam with us up until and through high school. Once I graduated high school, I swam on our team at SUNY Maritime. And when I first moved to Houston, I took a bit of a break, not because I wanted to, but because the town that I moved in didn't have a master's team. And I didn't feel like driving an hour to go to practice, especially being in a new city and not knowing everything. So I transitioned a little bit into triathlons because I could still swim, but just not with the team. And then in 2012, they started a team down by me and that's the team that I've been swimming with ever since
3: in 2012. So you're been at it for 13 years with them.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Lindsay, what is the toughest thing you've ever gone through piloting a boat?
0: There's a lot of different situations that, especially like on the tugs, you have to be prepared for Something that could happen, you could lose an engine at any moment while a ship's coming at you at 10 knots. That's happened to me many times. So you just always have to be on your toes and ready for the unexpected. And that's helped me a lot out here, especially with training new people, because everything here in the SpaceX Mariner land is brand new. So a lot of the people that I'm working with have never had the experience with handling vessels. And I'm able to put them in those tough situations because I was able to deal with those tough situations and maneuvering the boat and being in close quarters with ships while I was in Houston.
3: Imagine those skills as a tugboat captain are really amazing Compared to being words all open.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's helped out tremendously. And I'm very comfortable with driving this vessel. I'm very comfortable with teaching my mates and up and coming.
3: We know you do a lot of advocacy for women. Can you tell us, what do you tell them? How do you help women become champions like you? How do you help women get into the this still, I imagine, mostly male-dominated field?
0: Sure. So... Just a little bit of facts, the maritime industry is heavily male dominated. It's about 2% women worldwide in the industry. Now in the United States, we're a little bit higher. I think we're about 11% women, but still that's very low. So some of the things that I do, especially back in Houston, when I'm home, we have a lot of local high schools that have maritime programs. And so I will go out and I'll talk to the students in those maritime programs, teach them about what the industry is, teach them about how they can get into the industry because there's so many different avenues. There's so many different types of ships and shipping that you can get into that people don't know about. People don't realize that every single product that we touch from the clothes that we're wearing to the gasoline that we put in our cars, those all come into our country via ship. So I'm a huge advocate that way. What's fun about
3: being a captain? And the maritime industry.
0: Everything's fun. I really enjoy the people. The people that I have on here are amazing. They come from all different backgrounds, especially here at SpaceX. They really did their research with the crew members that I have on board with me. Everybody is a rock star and we all have such different values that we can bring and work together to make this ship run efficiently. So, Lindsay...
2: What have you learned out of your swimming that you've carried into your maritime career that's helped you?
0: So my swimming is a routine, right? I have to get up every single morning, just like I'm sure every single other swimmer. You stand at the bed and you're like, do I really want to get there? And then you get to the pool and you're like, do I really want to get into the pool? But then you get in and you start to realize, yep, yeah, this is this is my peace. This is my stressfulness. And by having that routine, it sets me up for success for the rest of the day and I can have my plan for the day. So I try to every night before I go to bed, think about what needs to happen for the next day. And swimming is a big part of that, right? I want to get up every morning, start my day. And on days where I miss swimming, you can tell there's a huge difference. And you're always think, man, I should have just gone. Yeah,
2: we can relate, Maria. (laughs) I'm not sure if it's always swimming for Maria, but it's definitely exercise. We we say that born again after exercise. You
3: just have oh, yeah. a new day. I think you also said something that I can't emphasize enough that it's hard. It is. Like getting out of bed early and getting in cold water or whatever yeah. it is that you do going for a run or a hard bike ride, it's hard <laughs> and we have to talk ourselves into it. But then- The joy comes afterward.
0: Sure. And we here, like out at sea, obviously I can't swim because we, as much as I want a swimming pool on board, we can't have one. So I have to utilize other pieces of equipment that we have on board, but same thing. I set my alarm for the same time. I get up and I make sure that I get my workout in and my crew members have noticed. They're like, man, captain, you're really motivating to all of us because you get up every single morning you get done, you get the hard work done. And you're really showing us you're a valuable leader.
3: Wow. So that leads to the question is what this champion trait, other than this routine of doing the hard thing for and the people that you've worked with and the people you've swum with, what are traits of champions?
0: Mindset, for sure. Drive, mindset, your willingness to overcome tough challenges, to figure out how to get through those challenges, to communicate. Communication is a huge been working on and going from working on a tug with four people to now working on a ship with 27 people, it was a big reality check for me as far as like communication. And it's really made me mature over the last six months and be open and be honest with everybody that I have on board.
2: Lindsay, so prior to the show, since I've known you more from swim practice and talked with you multiple times, Maria asked me, she said, Oh, what's Lindsay like? And just to, she talkative, is she quiet? So we want to know going into the interview. And I said, she's confident. And I don't know, you just, you give that air of confidence, not cocky at all. Just it's just a strange thing when you meet a confident person, you just know that. So she's oh, good. So you have developed this confidence, obviously. you, I see it just on the pool deck. I didn't even know. This was before I knew you. In fact, someone, this is a great thing about masters. When a new person comes to our pool deck and team, I try to go out of my way to find out who they are, what their story is, and say, introduce myself and say, welcome to the team. We all do that. It's not just Me doing it, but we all do it. So I remember you came, I learned your name, hi. And then as you walked away, I remember thinking, oh God, I'd like to get to know that lady. I didn't even know who you were. And someone told me she catches rockets for (laughs) SpaceX. And I was like, that is so cool. And so that's a confidence that I saw there. Obviously, you have a confidence to be the captain. Where did this come from? How do our listeners develop this confidence that you have?
0: I don't know if it's something that. Developed over the years, or I've caught it from my mom. My mother is probably my biggest mentor and the biggest person that I look up to. She raised me as a single mom and she told trying to make money to keep food on the table, but she made sure that every day she drove me to swim practice because she knew that was what I loved. And now, as an adult, I appreciate that because you don't pick up on that stuff as a child. And so I think just like the confidence that she portrayed to me and the way that she taught me and raised me has gone with me throughout my life. What would be another trait that you say
2: would describe you?
0: Kind, I think. i very open. I'm open to every person that I come across, willingness to take a chance on anything people ask me to do something, I'm, I'll definitely go out of my way to try and help them as much as possible. That's beautiful.
2: We've certainly, we touched on it, but you were director of advocacy for women offshore. You've obviously mentored a lot of women. You're encouraging others to get into your arena, which is great. Tell us a little bit about women offshore, just real quickly. We love sure. that term. Maria and I saw it. Women offshore. Oh, we love it. What is it?
0: yeah, so women offshore is it's an online organization that was started by the founder Ali Cidanio a couple of years ago. I believe we're four years into it now. And she started the platform for women that work offshore. So her background is oil and gas, like on the rigs, and then a lot of our backgrounds are actually maritime. So we wanted to meld those two communities together and have resources for women who work in this industry, both on the land and both shoreside and seaside. Let
3: me just ask you one question about personal challenges. Like, what, What's one of the greatest personal challenges you've had in your life, and how have you overcome it?
0: So when I started working in Houston on the Harbor Tugs, my goal was to eventually become a Houston pilot. And what a pilot is, it's a ship pilot. They go out and they bring the ships into the port and they dock them. And that was a very strong goal of mine for a really long time. It became apparent to me that because of my gender and because of the people that I knew, that it was going to be more difficult to get into that association than I had originally thought. And so, I would say the difficult part of it was shifting my goals from perhaps becoming a pilot to accepting the job that I was holding. And I think with that opened up these opportunities like that I have right now at SpaceX. So I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And perhaps I didn't make that pilot job that I wanted for so long because this opportunity here was waiting around the corner. Great story. Yeah, that's a great story.
2: Our very last question before we do a fun sprinter round is what would you like to share with our listeners that we have not asked you?
0: So not only am I very active in the maritime community and as swimmer, but I am also a very active and involved firefighter and in currently enrolled in paramedic school back at home in Houston. So I service my community by being a firefighter, currently EMT, but soon paramedic.
3: You are a kind person.
0: I was going to say, kind and
3: cool under pressure are both needed for those jobs.
2: That is a beautiful heart. That's a really great, wow. Well, maybe we'll do another show in the future, find out how your firefighting and paramedic career is going. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. So are you ready for some fun questions? I'll start with a few and then Maria asks you, this just helps our listeners get to know you better. That's silly, but you'd be surprised sure. after this list, we'll, we will know Lindsay Price a little bit
0: better. <laughs> okay. Take your what do you consider the best sandwich? Another thing that you should know about me is I'm vegetarian. Okay. okay. <laughs> so a veggie, like a really nice Veggie, maybe with some avocado and some tomato, like a BLT without the B. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds good. good to me. All right. What do you own that you should throw away? A lot of stuff. Probably some furniture that I've had for a really long time that the dogs have eaten. <laughs> need to be tossed away. All right. What is the scariest animal to you? I don't know if I have a scary animal. I actually enjoy spiders and snakes <laughs> or they don't scare me. I should say, I don't, maybe a cockroach. It's not oh, scary. Okay. I just don't like them. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> We'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> what celebrity would you most like to meet?
0: Michael Phelps. Yeah, that yeah, would be cool. Yeah.
2: What do you think the hardest swimming event in the pool is? 1600 freestyle. <laughs> mm. Yeah. All right. I'm glad somebody, who do we just have on that didn't even mention the mile? Oh, everybody's always I'm, talking about.
0: The uh, 400 IM, a, 200 yeah. fly. See, I'm yeah. a 200 flyer and a 400 im so Those Distance are hard? So. No. <laughs> wow. okay. You are. T- no, you're in shape,
2: man. You swim seven days a week. Though. That's really, you got to be in shape for that. All right. Hey, what's your favorite
3: smell? Flowers. <laughs> nice. Which yeah. there's not too many on the ship, I imagine.
0: So. No, I actually have a garden up on the bridge.
3: <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. That's do. cool. Do you grow flowers or vegetables or herbs?
0: I have everything
2: all wow. of the above. Yeah. Cool. Wow. That is cool. Yeah. See how these questions
0: unearth <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> that is so cool.
3: I know the answer to this, but I have to ask it. Do you make your bed every morning?
0: <laughs> of course. That's the first thing I do before I even go to the bathroom, make the bed.
3: <laughs> okay. Kickboard or no kickboard?
0: I am a fan of no kickboard. If you had to listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? There's a lot of really good ones. I like Christina Aguilera's beautiful voice, really makes me feel empowered. Window or aisle? Oh, window. (laughs) Yeah, window.
3: Okay, describe your life in five words.
0: Never a dull moment. (laughs) You were counting never a dull moment. (laughs) I like it. I guess it's four words. but That's all right.
2: We'll take it. We'll take it.
3: Okay. And last one. When, what word comes to mind when you dive in the water? Let's go. Like Let's it. go. I love it.
2: Lindsay, what a pleasure. It's yes. just been so wonderful to chat with you. We really appreciate your time, especially while you're at work on your ship.
3: Yeah, you are an inspiration. Really amazing. A yes. life, so different from mine, but so interesting to me. And I love it. Yeah, we'll see it's one
0: practice. Yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks.
1: Stay tuned for the takeaways. Want to succeed like a champion? Five-time Olympic coach Bob Bowman, coach of Olympic legend Michael Phelps, says Kelly's book Take Your Mark Lead is a powerful addition to your personal improvement library and learners from all walks of life will gain key insights and enjoy this inspiring book. Take Your Mark Lead, debuted as an Amazon number one bestseller in five categories and is available online. And now the takeaways. Wow, Maria, we both came out of that and said,
2: "Wow!" together. Yeah. And And we, what do we say? We have a girl crush. Have her back. Yeah. Yeah. We have a girl crush. (laughs) We have a girl crush on Lindsay. She's so fun and cool and confident. Recording.
3: We talked to her for another half an hour because I know she's just
2: really fun, really amazing, doing such great things. So, what was your takeaway from Lindsay Price, the captain? of a ship that helps recover the SpaceX rockets.
3: Lindsay has many characteristics that seem to lend themselves to personal success. But I would say that her kind of the current of her throughout her life, she's been a swimmer since she was a little kid. And the ritual and routine of getting up every single morning and swimming has set her up for success. And she even said, the days that I don't get up and she can't swim every day, but she gets up every single day, four o'clock in the morning and works out. And the days that I don't, I'm not as successful. My, my swimming routine has set me up for success. And I would add to that, that she, the focus that swimming requires, because swimming is a lot of skills you got to put together to be good at. So that getting in there every day and doing it and It has also impacted her. She has had, she has laser focus. She wanted from when she was young, she wanted to go to college in New York. She wanted to do something. You'll have to listen to the podcast to know, but she had, she's had laser focus for goals that were sometimes a ways off. So I I would say that swimming set her up for the success that she's had in her life.
2: Yes. And just that routine of swimming. And now the routine of, he gets up at four o'clock in the morning. So my first takeaway was, how confidence has really played a role in her successes. And she gave her mother the single mom was a big part of her confidence. But I want to add that I think in listening to all the things that she would accomplished, that when she's done these tough things, when she's broken the glass ceiling on being who she is, that gives her another bit of confidence. It's always nice when we have people that love us that tell us we're wonderful, (laughs) but there is an additional boost of confidence that we get when we do something that either has never been done by maybe our particular type of person, or that's really tough. And so I loved just how she has done tough things. She's broken barriers. She's always done hard things, but I think that's built her confidence in addition to her mother work very hard and make her confident. So I love that. And I think that we can all build confidence by observing the way she's built it.
3: Yeah. I remember Lewis You called that stacking. You do one hard thing and you remember that and you do another hard thing and another hard thing. And pretty soon you're doing amazing things because you just do yes. one, one thing at a time. I totally agree. And the confidence that she has probably leads to the next Takeaway, which was that she was able to identify as she moved from one job where she was working with a small number of people to another job where she was working with a much larger number of people. She was identified that one of her weaknesses was communication and she had to work on her communication. But that wasn't like, I'm a bad communicator. It was like, oh, I identified that this is something that wasn't required of me and I'm working on it now. And I just love that the, the way that she delivered that information was just like, I'm getting better at it. I'm working on it as we all should look at our weaknesses, we should A, be able to identify them and B, just say, okay, that's something that I'm going after.
2: Yeah. I love it when you can take the time to step back or as you call it, helicopter up and say, what are my weaknesses? What could I do better? And a lot of times it's hard to hear or hard to think about, but it really pays dividends. So yes. that was a great one. There are many more than our two takeaways, but my second one, which we both were like, yes, that's such a great Example that for the longest time, she really was going after that pilot position in Houston. And this was when you asked her what was her most disappointing personal, like what was a big obstacle or what was something that your struggle personally. And she said it was when I didn't get that job as a pilot. And now she said it all worked out, that there was a better one down the road. And I think it's so nice to just remind ourselves of that, that when you know, one door closes, another one opens. And we don't always see that. We think that was it. That is it. I love that story. But I think yeah. that's just applies to so many things. And I love that.
3: Yeah, you might not be able to do it right away, but champions are able to look at life circumstances when things don't go their way and say, I can, this is a turn in the road and see maybe the benefits of it. Yes. So I love that. Yeah,
2: that Maria was one we had been looking forward to and it lived every bit up to the reputation yeah. in fact, and exceeded it.
3: Yep. Great interview. love
2: you, Kelly. Love you, Maria.
1: Thank you for listening to the Champions Mojo podcast. Did you enjoy the show? We'd be grateful if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. And we'd also love to hear from you. We're on all social media platforms, or you can reach us at championsmojo.com.